Hello, and welcome to Paving the Way Podcast. I'm Seth Moa, a.k.a. Essay. I'm here with Kenny Jean-Louis, also known as KJL. And today we're here with the Montreal legend. A lot of people know him. Um, when you go back to the players that he's coached and the things that he's done for the Montreal basketball community, his name definitely comes up. He is one of the, I guess, one of the ones to start, you know, help paving the way for a lot of these players that played play right now, coach right now, that played back in the day. I could go on and on, but, you know, we'll get into the interview. Uh, please give it up for Mr. John D- D'Angelis. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very, very kind of you, Seth and Kenny, to uh, invite me onto your podcast and to say such kind words. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Merci, merci d'avoir um, accepté l'invitation et tout. Puis chaque semaine, on a toujours des... Uh, des, euh, on, tout le monde dit oh il faut avoir John D'Angelis, il faut avoir Jelly, il faut avoir Jelly. So, finalement, on tape. Il y a beaucoup de personnes qui vont apprendre ces interviews-là. Donc, merci encore. So, the first question we ask everyone is when the passion for basketball started for you? Oh, that's a good question, Kenny. So, um, I uh, started playing basketball when I was 14. Uh, I went to West Mount High. I grew up in Côte neige near the Montreal General Hospital. And uh, I started playing basketball when I was 14. Um, and the, it just, I just fell in love with it. Um, up until about 14, 15, I played every sport from baseball to football. Um, but then basketball, I just got the bug. Um, and my high school at that time was very strong in basketball. Um, I went to school with Trevor Williams, Wayne Herewood, we were all the same age. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a very strong high school team. So I just wanted to be good, you know. So I just kept, I started playing. Back then we used to play outside, uh, Kenny and <laughs> Seth. So I would go to the park. And uh, I remember one summer, it was, I just, I lived at Stainer Park. Um, and I would just pack my lunch at nine in the morning, get on my bike, and, and not come back to like, you know, five, six at night and just play all day. To shoot and layups, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, and and then from there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. try to be the best I possibly could be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you? Um, you said you played multiple sports. Uh, what other sports did you play besides basketball? So I played. Uh, so I played soccer. I played uh, flag football. Actually, okay. I played baseball. I was a third baseman and a center fielder. I played volleyball. I oh. ran cross country. Oh man. I uh, did high jump, okay. ran the mile. Um, so what made you? What made you I played. I you know any sport that you you yeah. could give me. I loved sports. So what made you I decide to sports. play basketball then? Why did you stick to basketball? You know, probably the wrong sport. <laughs> I should have. I was probably. <laughs> I was a better volleyball player and a better baseball player, and I was a good long distance runner actually. Um, but I just loved basketball. You know, I fell in love with it um, back then. Um, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, you know, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that in college basketball was, you know, North Carolina, Georgetown, the Hoyas. And, you know, we used to get all the Syracuse games on TV, the Georgetown games. And I just fell in love with it, the competition. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't very good, to be honest with you at that point. And I was never really a good player. I was more of a role player, played really hard. If, if you could characterize me, I would say um, – I was more of a defensive specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, my best year that I had, actually, Seth, um, 
I played at Vanier. Oh. Uh, uh, so I played back then it was AAA, just like when you guys played, it wasn't Division One. Mm-hmm. And I played at Westmont High, I played at Sun Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, I went to Vanier, I made the team. Back then it was like, I don't, you know, you, when you're not getting recruited, it was like, I gotta make the team. That was your goal. <laughs> so I w- went to the park and I trained, trained, trained. And um, I made the team at Vanier and I was really proud. If I played 30 minutes the whole year, I was lucky. Um, but then that, that summer, um, I really worked hard before my second year. I only played at Vanier for two years. Mm-hmm. And um, the coach who came in, Keith Coffin, coached me at, uh, Keith, yeah. coached, coached me at uh, Sun Youth. And, uh, you know, I worked really hard. I got stronger. I improved. I ran stairs. Um, and I skipped rope. And I, I became really good defensively. Mm-hmm. So I would start and I would cover the best, the best player of the other team, mm-hmm. um, you know, and try not to foul out and give everything I could for 20, 25 minutes. That was my role. It was mm-hmm. stop the other team's best player. Mm-hmm. So back then, you know, you had David King at Lennoxville. So my job was to stop him. You had Parnell, Joseph, and Mezzanet. These are the names you probably never heard of. And my job was to stop him. So, we ended up barely getting into the playoffs. I think we finished 500. And we ended up um, winning the semis, coming from behind, winning the semis, and then winning the gold. And it was, that was the first provincial championship that Vanier ever won. Okay. Um, and, and I played with a guy who ended up going to Division One. His name was Francis John. He went to uh, Vermont. And uh, we had some really good players on that team. And I was just a role player. That's yeah, it. That's what I could do. You know, I just played really hard, hard nosed. And I think Kenny knows the way I coached. I was, my coaching was, was like that too. I always tried to get the most out of the lack of athleticism that I had and the ability I had. And I, I always wanted my players to, to push and give their most too, you know? Okay. And when's the passion for coaching started for you? Because did after your two years at Vanier, you decide, you know what, I'm going to start coaching. When the passion for coaching started? No, so I played uh, for one year at the University of Ottawa. Yeah. Um, played a little bit, not too much. And I had to come back home. I, financially, I couldn't afford to stay there anymore. Um, my, dad, you know, my dad wasn't doing well, so I had to come back home. Um, I took, I took uh, a year off, worked. And then I was in an open gym one day, and Doug Daniel, who was a coach at Concordia at that time, saw me in the gym and said, why don't you come play at Concordia? I said, well, you know what? Um, I'm not sure, you know what I mean? If, if I can afford to go back to school, he said, well, give it a shot. So I went back, played two years at Concordia, didn't play much, had a good, had a good one semester where I was, you know, coming off the bench, playing about 20 minutes a game. Um, then my last year, I had a half a year left to finish. I decided not to play. I, um, I, I graduated with an undergraduate degree in, uh, I did a major in, a major in history, it was an arts and science faculty. Okay. Um, but a little, what's funny is um, after my sec, my first year at uh, Concordia, I went to Greece and tried out for a couple of professional basketball teams there. Oh, nice. And that's when I realized I really wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys were really good. I mean, like they were, they were pros. Yeah. And I was playing next to six, five point guards yeah, and six, yeah. six point guards. And Greece at that time just had, had had a club team called Addis that just won the European championship. Mm-hmm. And the funny story, I'll make you guys laugh. Um, this team was in Thessaloniki, which is the second biggest city in Greece. 
It's in northern Greece. Mm-hmm. And they had a team called Addis, and I went to try out for them. And they had just won the European Championship. And they had a, an American Greek guy on the team called Nick Gallus. He was like 5'11". He was amazing. Played at Seton Hall, I believe. And I went to the, to the first practice they had. There was 6,000 people in the gym at the first practice they had after winning the championship. And I was so out of my element. I got booed in the first half hour. Like, I just wasn't good enough. Turned the ball over, not stopping guys. Then I got a little bit better, got comfortable, and then they started cheering for me a little bit. I stayed with the pro team for about two weeks, trained with them, and they they offered me a Division II contract at that time. And back then, Division II in Greece, I mean, you're basically getting your expenses paid. And I was only about a year and a half away from getting my degree. So I said, you know what? Let me go back and get my degree. Mm-hmm. So I got my degree and um, had, a, had shin splints my last year at Concordia and didn't play as much. And then I started, you know, working a little bit part-time and yeah. um, went back and finished my degree. My last year did not play my last year. And then I, uh, Craig Norman and I played together, the coach who took over at Champlain, now coached the women at Bishop. I think he coached Kenny for a year or two. Yeah. Um, I, he, he, I saw him one day, and we played together, and he goes to me, I'm coaching at Dawson, and you want to come? He was, he was, he was a Dawson AA coach. Mm-hmm. And he said, you want to come and help me out? I said, you know what, let me give it a try. So I did it for two years with him as an assistant coach at Dawson AA. And then I took a break for about three, four years, and I got into business at that time. Okay. Running my own businesses. And then he got the job at Champlain. Triple uh, A program. And he called me and said, I just got the job. I said, I want you to come and coach with me. We're going to make it work. And I went back and I was his assistant coach for two years. We won zero games the first year. We won two games the next year. Then he got the job at Royal Military College as a head coach full time. And they hired me because the players wanted me to coach them because I recruited a lot of them. And the bug, it just started, yeah. man. I, just, I loved it. Okay. Um, going back, you said, um, I'm going to go back to during your Westmount days. Um, you said you played with Trevor Williams, Wayne. Um, I know those guys went to Dawson, but you said you went to Vanier. Why yeah. did you choose to go to Vanier and not, you know, follow with your friends? Well, I just, my, my, my family wanted me to just go somewhere and kind of be away from things. Okay. I'll be honest. I was a decent student, not a great student. Mm-hmm. So my, pa- my family wanted me to go and just focus on school. At that time, Vanier Seth had two campuses. There was the Snowden campus and there was the St. Croix campus. Snowden was not very far from my house. I could take a bus and get there really quick. I lived in Codinege. Yeah. It was on the corner of, of um, uh, DeCarry and Queen Mary. It was oh, a big okay. office building. So I went to do my courses there, and then I would bus it for practice to Vanier. Um, and back then, they used to have a shuttle bus. So there would be shuttle bus going back and forth. And that night, I had an hour and 45-minute bus ride to get home mm-hmm. after practice. So oh. the campus was closed, so my parents wanted me to kind of get away from and just concentrate on my studies, you know? Okay, okay. Kind of like the same way that parents – you know, Champlain wasn't like a popular place to go to, uh, yeah. Kenny and Seth, when I first took over. Yeah. You know, the guys wanted to play with their friends. Yeah. <laughs> and all their friends were going to Vanier and Dawson. Yeah. And nobody came to Champlain. 
Yeah. And I remember one of my first recruits, and that's how, you know, you got a hold of me now recently, is, is Negus. And Negus, Negus didn't want to go to Champlain. Negus wanted to go play with the Buckleys. Yeah. He grew up with them playing his Sundays. Yeah. And his mother's like, you're not, you're not going to Vanya, you're going to Champlain. <laughs> it was like in the South Shore, 20 minutes from everything, you know, no distractions. And, you know, it was hard from the beginning, but I think if you ask him now, I think he thinks he made the right choice. Okay. Yeah. And um, um, I have a question, yeah, because um, you, you mentioned Keith Kaufman. Uh, Kaufman, Coffin. Coffin, Coffin, sorry. That's yes. Right. So I met him during my last year at Vanya, my second year. Yeah. He came and, like, spoke to us before we went off to Nationals and, yeah. guy, you know, and before, before that, I heard his name here and there. Can you just talk a little more about him for what I don't really know who he is? And I know he's so like... Keith, so Keith was one of the... Was, was my, my first guy, like my first guy made me fall in love with basketball. Okay. Um, he was honest. It's, 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 and that's where I think I got my honesty as a coach. He would tell you exactly how he felt. He pushed you to work hard. He wasn't a big dude. He was a smaller guard. He was really successful. And he got the most out of what he was given. Hard-nosed, tough. And I think that's why we got along, and that's why he gave me my chance to be that defensive guy. And, and um, he's, he's helped a lot of young players do well. I mean, he went and coached at John Abbott and helped them, uh, I think, win, finish second and go to the Nationals. And he went and worked with Andy and helped Andy. Mm -hmm. Very humble guy, sit at the end of the bench, not say much, just, you know what, but hard-nosed, cared about his players, um, was, was really honest and – spent a lot of time with you in the gym and, and pushed you. He pushed you to, get to, to be the best you could be with what God gave you. Because mm -hmm. we all have, we all have what, what, what we have, you know, and then we got to push ourselves to get the most of what God gives us. Yeah. So and Keith was one of those first guys. I mean, a great role model and, and one of my mentors and, and, and still a good friend of mine. Okay. And what was your mindset when you took over at Champlain after two years of not really winning? So what was your mindset when you got the... So when I took over, I said, I got to go get some good players. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how you coach, you better get some good players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're not winning, you know, you need players. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Like, I don't, you can, I don't know, you podcast, talk to coaches. You win with players. Yeah. It's yeah. the bottom line. But how do you... Us coaches... Yeah. We lose more games than win games because we overcoach. Uh, yeah, you know, and players yeah. win you games. Yeah, so yeah. you need to go get players. So, and you got to get good players and good kids. So I went out and started recruiting really hard. And I went and got this, my first recruit that I got at my first year that was a top level recruit was Eugene Ambrose. So Eugene was from LaSalle. He played at, um, at LaSalle Catholic and he was a 6'4", 6'5", point guard athletic, tough-minded, um, just, you know, really wasn't motivated with school. Um, his, you know, his brother, Kente, played at Dawson. Um, so we all thought, you know, everybody thought he was going to Dawson. And we worked really hard. His mother, Agnes, sweet lady, one of the nicest ladies I've met in my life, she, she really wanted him to come to Champlain. And we really worked hard. And we got him at Champlain. And, uh, you know, we went from, like, two wins to – We went to be to going nine and seven the next year, um, and and really we should have been eleven and five, but the only reason we went nine and seven was we had these two twin brothers. We didn't look alike, but they were brothers, Eugene uh, uh, James and Ruben Oberg, and they were they weren't doing great academically their first semester. So Steve White, who was my academic coach and my associate coach for a long time, you know, one of my best friends. 
Um, we sat down, we talked about it. We said, we got to sit these guys out the last two games of, of the first semester or else we're not going to save them for the second semester. Oh. And they were like playing major minutes for us, major mm-hmm. minutes. We sat them out um, and um, we ended up going like nine and seven, I think. And we lost, back then only four teams made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we lost a tiebreaker to yeah. Sherbrooke. And back then, Sherbrooke had a, a triple-A basketball team. Um, yeah. just, and they had a big seven-footer. Uh, Dominic Cambron played for them. And I believe Rasko Popovich played for them. We coached the Concordia right now. And they had a kid named Miguel who played at Laval, had a good career. Or Bishop, a Bishop, sorry. Mm-hmm. So they had a good team. And we t- they beat us twice. But we, we two games, we didn't have two of our best post players. Yeah. And we lost. So... We, we made a choice, Seth, and, and then we'll, we'll, as we talk, Kenny will tell you, as a coaching staff, we made a lot of hard choices where we put the kids' academic success and teaching them values over winning many times at Champlain. Um, and both those guys graduated. They both went to university. They both got degrees. Um, and, and in the second year, we, we went eight and eight, and we lost another tiebreaker. Oh, Four teams. We lost to Lennoxville tiebreaker that year. Champlain Lennoxville back then used to be a triple A. And they had, um, they had Don Caldwell was the coach. He did a good job. And they would bring in guys from Ontario and from Halifax. And they were good. And we lost a tiebreaker to them, eight and eight. They, and we didn't make it. And then the next year, I think it was Eugene's third year, um, we, we went 11 and five. And uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but we could have easily won the provincials that year. That year, um, we were doing a walkthrough Wednesday or Thursday before we played Dawson on Saturday. Because, again, it was four teams made the playoffs, not six. Um, and, and Eugene jumped up to get the ball on a press break, and he landed on a guy's ankle. Uh. And he couldn't, he couldn't play. Because limping around, I don't even think he played in the second half. Oh. Um, we ended up losing to Dawson in a close game that was going back and forth in the semis. Um, Ricardo Telemann, who coached Kenny, and Kenny knows um, really well, ended up stepping up and having an unbelievable game for us in the semis. And then we ended up winning the bronze medal. And then from then on, we just got closer, closer, closer. Um, and the team just got better. And kids then started wanting to come. Eugene got a scholarship. Okay to uh, Stetson um, University. And actually, before he got a scholarship, we had another guy get a scholarship. A kid named Chad Caterson went to Belmont. Okay. And then kids just started wanting to come. Because uh-huh. kids were getting scholarships. They were saying, oh, that's where we got to go. <laughs> you know, John's going to help us get a scholarship. He's not only going to care about winning games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's going to make sure we go to class. He's going to make sure we graduate. He's going to make sure we pass our courses. And he's going to help us try to get scholarships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to work with us on our skill level, send tapes out for us, things like that. So then we started getting, you know, a lot of good, but Bernard Cote came and then Maurice came and, you know, Pierre Marie and then the the floodgates opened. Then we had 21 division one players in, I think, I I won't count the first two years because it was, you know, we had 21 division one players in 11 years. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we're proud of that. But, but we also had about 25 university sports players. Mm-hmm. So over maybe over forty kids ended up playing university sports from our program. Wow, that's really good. Wow, wow. How how did you? That's that's what I understand because you started off not too well, but you still kept with the same. I guess you know you're like you kept at it. Was there a time that you wanted to just stop and you're like maybe this isn't for me? 
or are you just kept? I would still be coaching at Champlain. Okay. But I have I have young kids now that need my life, need my my attention, mm-hmm. and and my, and you know I I told my wife and I promised my family that when my kids started getting older, when they started doing activities and doing things, that at that point I would have to move on from it. And the only reason I coached at McGill for sometimes was because Dave DeVero, who took the job at McGill, was very flexible. A tremendous friend of mine was very flexible with my schedule. Okay. And he let me come and go when I wanted. Okay. But I would still be, I loved coaching at Champlain. I loved it. I loved the kids. I loved the school. We, we were sponsored by Nike. We were sponsored by CN. We had everything rolling for us. I mean, we never won a national championship, but I'm sure if, we, if, we would, if I would have stayed or if we would have kept it going together, we would have won multiple national championships by the time everything's said and done with the way things were going. I mean, yeah. we had went to like five out of the last seven national championships. It was only a matter of time before we won one. Yeah. But it was time for my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was time yeah. for my family to, to make a decision. And I, would, I don't regret it because my family, you know, your family's your life. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And at Sajib, it's not a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You coach for, you know, for a couple of dollars. And most of the time, that, that, you know, it costs you money to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but uh, no, no regrets. Yes, we had a lot of disappointments. We lost, uh, we lost some championships and, you know, but I never ever thought about stopping because at the end, Kenny and Seth, I thought, you know, the work we were doing, Steve White, Rami, Hamad, Ricardo Telemann, Junior Weeks, Peter Yiannopoulos, who was with us early on before he went to be an assistant at UMass. The work we were doing in trying to help these kids reach their goals was bigger than winning championships, guys. Mm-hmm. It was bigger than winning championships. And, and one day, Kenny, you know, if, if Kenny's comfortable, we can talk about my last year, you know, you know what we did with Kenny. I'm not sure if you're comfortable talking about that, Kenny. Yeah, yes. yeah, you can, you can. Oh, speak up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so when Kenny first came to Champlain, he was a stud, stud. And he played minutes for us right away. And we were good. Now, did he play as much as he wanted? Probably not. But he was playing 10, 12, 8, 15 minutes a game, which is a lot on a team that every year was ranked 1, 2, or 3 in Quebec, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in Canada, and was trying to win a national championship, you know? Yeah. So as a first-year player, that was amazing. I mean, guys, we had Division One guys who didn't play their first years. Yeah. I had a guy on my team named Camby Lele who came from Ottawa. He didn't play his first two years. He spent more time skipping rope on the sideline <laughs> and running stairs than playing. But he no. stuck it out, stuck it out, ended up starting his senior year, going to the University of Buffalo, getting a scholarship and his master's degree. Wow. So, and thanks me now every time he speaks to me about how hard we were on him and how much we pushed him. So, so Kenny didn't play much, um, but, you know, he worked hard. He's quiet, didn't say much. You know what I mean? It's, it's unbelievable now when I talk to him and I see him. Like, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> it, I, I almost get emotional, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, but Kenny, Kenny didn't like going to class that much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like going to class. Seth, I don't know if you can relate to that or not. Yeah, I, I could. I, I didn't know. like going to class. So we got through the first semester. We qualified for the nationals. It's Wednesday, Thursday now. We're getting ready to leave in a couple of days. Steve White walks up to me at practice and he's like, 
Kenny and, and another guy in the team, I'm not going to mention his name. I don't know, Kenny, if you want to mention They've missed like 60% of their classes in the second semester. Whoa. And I'm like, what? <laughs> or 50%? I don't know. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, you know, Kenny, I don't remember the exact yes. number, but it was a lot. Yes, Even right. maybe 70, maybe. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. So he's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Already we had lost a kid, Kaywin Blint. Mm -hmm. to academics so we weren't the same team already we lost him in january mm -hmm. which was very sad because ask kenny kenny will tell you how good kaywin was yeah um i mean kaywin was kaywin was yeah, kaywin yeah. was kaywin anyways so we're like what are we gonna do so i go to see my president of my school i go see the athletic director i'm like guys and i knew inside this might be my last year because i made a promise to my family and yeah. i knew we had a chance to win the national championship and this was my first two guys coming off the bench. They were valuable members of our team. And we yeah. already didn't have Caitlin. And Kenny, you were playing more in the second semester, remember? Yeah. yeah. I said, I can't bring these guys. And they're like, no, no, you got to bring them. Oh, man. I go, no, I can't. What am I doing? What, what am I teaching them that it's okay and you can, you're still going to get rewarded? Yeah. I can't. I can't. And I knew down deep inside, this could be our chance. So we made a decision. We said, you know what? I made the decision. I did. That we can't bring him. Yeah. And we kept him home. Wow. And a guy who was our ninth man now suddenly became our sixth man. So we played with like six or six, six and a half guys. And then we won the first game, lost it. We, we, we missed a shot to, uh, at the end. Tough shot to win the second game and ended up losing, you know. So, but. Wait, help me. Help he's me. got a master's degree, man. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Kenny Jean Louis got a. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing better. That's better than getting a Division One scholarship. <laughs> yeah. That's it yeah, is. Yeah. That's bigger than a kid getting a scholarship. That's unbelievable what Kenny's done with his life. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't tell you how proud I am when I spoke to him the other day. And I knew what was happening. But we have, you know, you lose contact. People got life, your families. But, like, I could, this, this is huge <laughs> what he did. So for me, Worth it 1,000 times yeah. over. Yeah. That we didn't win or had a chance. We don't know if we would have won, but had a chance to win. It was worth it 1,000 times over, and I would do it all over again. And if people are going to judge me because I didn't win a national championship no. with all that talent, they can judge me all they want. Yeah. Kenny calling me and seeing Kenny with that beautiful smile right now, <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Doing everything he's done with his life, th th that to me That's what it is. is gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at that time, I was, I, I'm not going to lie, I was really mad. But now, taking back, like, it really, really helped me. And we, you only coached me for one year, but you changed my life. Because yeah. up till that point, like, people only care about, let's say, basketball or what I can do for them on the court. And when I got to, I guess, Champlain, I saw that it was a culture shock. It was different. Like, you cared about us and you care about our future. You didn't care about, I guess, winning games or using us. Everything was about our future and so I guess so when you you did that you didn't bring me I'm not gonna lie I was really mad I was at you but now 10 years later I can I can see like the value of what you did and it I guess so, yeah. Kenny you know what it was a, it was a really tough decision to make because you know what I'm also affecting the other guys you mm -hmm. know what I mean because they want to win you know what I'm trying to say to you but at one point we have to make decisions and I was the leader of that team at that time was it the right decision 
I hope it was, Kenny. And I and I think yeah, it was, it I was. think it was the right decision. Was. Um, would I do it again? Yes. Did I like winning, Kenny? Yes. You know what I mean? Does anybody like losing? No. But we're not gonna. I I would never put. I didn't want to put my values of of what why I coached. I miss those. I miss the relationships I had with these young men. When I coached at McGill, the guys I have great relationships with some of the guys that coached at McGill, like Deli and Jenny, Sebastian, amazing guys. But when I coached at Champlain, I got you guys at an age where you were still not sure what you wanted to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And you needed someone to kind of like, not push you, but nudge you yeah. and tell you, no, it's not good to do that. It's good to do this. You know what I mean? And we, we, we just, we, it was, it was, it was just, it was like, it was a great for me. Like the, when I came to visit you guys at your homes and when I came to see you and meet your parents and the relationships I built, I missed that. It was like, you know, I think about it and I still like, you know, it, it was amazing years and I wouldn't change it for nothing. And, Every single guy that I coached was super special to me. And, and, and I tried to do the best I could for everybody. Now, mm-hmm. did I make mistakes? Yes. Does everybody, you know, think I cheated them fairly? Probably not. You know what I mean? But as a coach, you try, as a, as a teacher, you try to do your best to be as fair as you possibly can to everybody. But I know that. There might be some people out there still who might think that mm-hmm. I wasn't fair with them. And they have the right to do that because we, we're not perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you did coach. Uh, you, you brought up some pretty big names. Uh, Maurice Joseph, Pierre-Marie, uh, Max. Um, I know during that time, that team, if I remember, it's probably one of the, probably, probably one of the best siege of teams ever. I know there's a couple of D1 players that were on that team. Can well, you just... all of they probably all went to... The... Is it all of them? Is it all of them? <laughs> Like a, like, a, yeah, a big, so, yeah. So so that team, so that team, that was that was a great era, you know. Mm. Kenny said that was a great era of basketball, man. I, and, I, and and no disrespect to what's happening in Sejup right now, at all, mm. because times have changed. A lot of the top players are leaving the province. Yeah. They're not staying. Yeah. They're playing prep school in Ontario. You know what I mean? And if you look at Ontario and you look at just like a school like Orangeville Prep in Ontario. I mean, you know, they got two kids who are Division One players from Quebec. Yeah. We didn't lose those kids back then. They didn't leave. They yeah. stayed. Because they knew if they came, they were going to get a scholarship. That was a great era. I mean, Vanier with the Buckley brothers was like an amazing team. I mean, those guys were good players, man. Yeah. Um, and we had, like, we played them five times that year. Five times. Oh, wow. We played them, sorry, give me a second, four times. We played them in the championship game of the Hagen where they beat us. By five or six. Then we played them at our gym, beat them by four. Then in their gym, beat them by eight. And then we beat them in the, in the provincials and uh, in the finals. But we had a good team. I mean, like, wow. you know, you had Pierre Marie was in his third year. I mean, freak athlete. You know, just amazing motor. Worked hard. I mean, just tremendous kid, tremendous player, tremendous student. And then won a Gonzaga. You know, then you had, you know, uh, you had Olivia Lameter, third-year player, um, and then going to UMass. You know what I mean? Fundamentally sound, tough, skilled, can shoot from three-point range. He was, we started letting guys shoot from three-point range at that time. Then you had Nikish McKenna, who mm-hmm. would, you know, he did a triple-double. You, know you know how he got triple-doubles? We went to St. Foy and played St. Foy one year down there. He had a triple-double. 
points, rebounds, and dunks. <laughs> Damn. You could throw the ball anywhere in the air, he would get it. Yeah. I mean, he was an outstanding, you know, just, and what a kid, you know what I mean? What an unbelievable guy, what, a, what he's done with his life. I'm so proud of him. He, Western Carolina. Yeah. Top 10 three-point shooter his senior year in college basketball. Pierre-Marie went to the Elite Eight, started with Adam Morrison when Gonzaga went to the Elite. And then you had your two, you know, then you had, you know, you know, Maurice Joseph in his second year, you know, what he did and what he's doing with his life right now, Michigan State, Vermont, coaching now, head coach, now assistant coach, great leader, wonderful person. You know, I think he's been on your program probably. Yeah. You know, just great guy, tremendous shooter. Then you had Max Polis, who was the, the assassin. You know, you don't want to play. You don't want to play against Max. <laughs> Even now, you don't want to play against Max. We we played against Momo, and they were they were loaded that year. And they had like Etienne Labrec and JF Beaulieu, these tremendous guys. Etienne went Division One. JF was an All Canadian. I was just like whoever started playing better, we would just max on him, put him on him, put him on him. He would just guard anybody. You know what I mean? He was just yeah. so tough and, and went to Davidson and played with Steph Curry, man. Come on. Yeah, man. And then and then we had we had a seven-man rotation. And then we had Junior Nicolas, who ended up going to Bishops, and I think he was an All-Canadian. Could have easily played in the States. He was unbelievable. Yeah. We had Bruno Bernier, who's in his third year, and went to UCAM, and it was all awesome. So we had, we had an unbelievable seven-man rotation. And what people don't know is Max Boudreaux and Camby Lale, and I'm probably – uh, I apologize, guys, if I forget anybody. We're also on that team that didn't play, and they both ended up going Division One. Oh, so that was a loaded team, and it was it was a heartbreaking loss to the Nationals. Yeah, we were up a lot early in the game, and we chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, and it was a one possession game, and we lost. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know what are you going to do? You know, but uh, but how do you as a as a coach? You have all that talent. How do you? put the ego, like their, their ego and pride to the side and just make them play team basketball with all that talent. That's very hard. Yeah. Very hard, Seth. And, that, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, we, we lost sometimes was mm-hmm. we almost had too much talent. And I think egos took over. Mm-hmm. And guys wouldn't pass the ball to guys when they were open um, when they had to, and they wouldn't make that extra pass. That team came together and, um, you know, and, you know, there was, you had guys in the team who, you know, who were connectors and passers, but it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And you got to keep drilling the team game and you got to keep trying to, you know, do, do the best you can. And we, we had, a, you know, you got to talk about team. Mm-hmm. As hard as I was on these guys, Stephen, as much as I pushed them, I, I would spend a lot of time calling them on their phones, calling them at home, checking up on them and telling them, you know what? Don't worry. You don't have to score 25 points a game. You'll still reach your goal of getting that scholarship. We're going to help you. You know, we tried to make them understand that. But, you know, it did, it did at times hurt us when we did have too much talent sometimes. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, and I know if you play action play, you have to know the flex offense. Like I- <laughs> we ran the flex back then, old school. Yeah, we ran the flex. You were playing zone, right? I don't know my year. You were playing zone. So, so what happened was, our my second to last year, we uh, never played zone. You know that, Ken. I, I don't know. You don't know that because you're not old enough. I never ever played zone. 
never played zone. But my second to last year, we had Adam Smoluski was um, our point guard, and Nico Karkin was in a combo guard. And Nico was really good, by the way. People don't talk about him enough, but he was really, really good. Went to Davidson, scored 1,000 points from British Columbia. Um, and I looked over, it was about six games left in the year. And I just, I told, I told, I told Steve and I told who was on my staff back then, who was on my staff, I said, you know, guys, we cannot play man and win. We're just not going to win because we're not deep enough. And we had Jan Charles and that team and Ibrahim Apaya, Bjorn Michelson, Jean, Jean-Andre Moussignac. And then another kid named uh, Jonathan, big kid, six nine bester. Um, and if I, if I forget anybody, I'm sorry, guys. You're watching the podcast. I love you all. But we couldn't we couldn't really guard. We were fouling left and right, and every game at the end we'd be in foul trouble, and we couldn't play guys. And we said, you know, guys, we have tremendous players, and we have to have them on the court at least 32 minutes in every game. So. You know, we're going to get scored on, but I think if we have our best players on the court in the last six minutes of every game, we're going to win. Because yeah. I think we're more skilled. We were very skilled back then. Nico and Adam were really skilled. They can make free throws. They can knock down threes. They got in the paint. So I said, let's do it, guys. Let's play zone. So we changed in the second semester, Kenny. Uh-huh. And we played zone all the time. And we got to the national championship gold medal game in, my, in the, the, the year before you came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we lost in the national finals to Mount Royal College, who was really, really good. They ended up going youth uh, sports the following year. Uh, they were really good. And then the next year, kind of the same team, Sibam Bibo replaced Nico, and we had the same problem. Like our sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth men, like Kenny, Alex, those guys could guard, but the other guys really couldn't guard. <laughs> Am I right or wrong, Kenny? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, we said, no, we're going to play zone again. And we uh, had a great year. We lost the national semifinals. But I never played zone before. Okay. I was a Bobby Knight guy back then. Okay. Motion offense, tough defense. Never played zone. Probably in retrospect, with some of the teams I had, I would have played more zone. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have won a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Um, a lot of the guys I talked to that you recruited, they always say that JD was like when he's recruiting us. He he really comes to where like our homes. He meets our parents. He really makes us feel like family. You know. So I want to know, like, when you're recruiting a player, what do you look for them? Like, what do you, what do you look for in a player when you're recruiting them? So, first of all, you want work ethic. Okay. Without that, it's not going to happen. Then you want guys who love the game. So you want gym rats. So you're going to ask the coach, you recruit the kid, the kid in the gym on his own. Is he working on the game? Talent we all want. You know what I mean? Like, we want that. But then you're watching in the game, you're watching – how do they act when they're on the side, on the bench? How do they interact with their teammates? Are they encouraging their teammates? Or are they pouting? How are they behaving? How do they deal with criticism? So I had a lot of Henry Barassa guys. They can't yes or no. Yeah. Why do you think I like Henry Barassa guys? Because Busquet got after you guys, yes or no? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I knew that you guys, you guys could get coached hard. So Mackenzie Jr., Ricardo, you, Patrick Luce, you know, you, you guys were able to get coached hard. So I like that. So you recruit guys who, got, who, got, who, who like being coached hard. Then, you know, you, you also wanted to 
to meet with their families, whether it was a brother or whether it was a sister. In a lot of cases, it was just one parent. And you wanted to know that academics were important to the family. Okay. That as much as the parent would talk about basketball, I think if a parent talked to me too much about basketball and didn't talk to me enough about school, I got a bit worried. Okay. You know, because you needed that support at home. And that's why I, I, I wanted to meet with the parents because I knew our style of coaching and study halls. The guys have to stay after and do study halls. They have to do, you know, get their, their, their attendance sheets signed. You know, we finished practice at six and Steve White would be with them till 10 at night studying. Yes, yes. Like you have to have, <laughs> Kenny's laughing now. He wasn't laughing back then, believe me. <laughs> um, or as my dad, God rest his soul, would say, believe you and me. And, um, but you wanted to know that you had support from the parents. That if, that if the kid would come home and complain that they're pushing us too hard, they're making us study too hard, practices are too hard. I, 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 you know, I can't hang with my friends because all I do is study and train. That the parent would be there for you and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm behind John. I'm behind Steve White. I know Steve White's calling you and emailing you and calling you all the time, but I support Steve White. I support Ricardo. I support Junior. You needed the support of the parents. So it was important for us to meet the parents and know that we had their support. Yeah. Because if you don't have the support of the parents, you never meet the parents. The kid comes home and the kid's saying, well, that guy just pushed us for two and a half hours. I'm dead tired. And then he made me do study hall for two hours. And the parent will be like, what do you mean? That's not normal. That's too much. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. if you met with the parents and you told them, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way I am. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, the, you know, Kenny, we told you the truth. Yeah, yeah. You know, now, some of the kids didn't, would only hear what they wanted to hear. And that was like, oh, I'm going to get a scholarship and I'm going to be wearing Nike gear. And oh, yeah, and I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to Kentucky in the summer. They didn't want to hear. They, they kind of like selective listening. Didn't hear the part. Well, you got 12 hours of study hall, you know. We're, we might call you at 10 o'clock at night and make sure you're, you're following curfew. Then, you know, and then when all that stuff hit, the parents remember and the yeah. parents supported you. So when the kid went home, we had support. And, uh, you know, wow. uh, many times when I, I'm very spiritual, I'm very religious, and I won't talk about that a lot, but I bring up, I pray, I pray for the kids I coached that they're healthy and their families. I pray for their families that they're healthy. So every kid I coached and every parent or sibling or that, I, that was part of that extended family, I prayed for them too. They were, to me, they were just as important as the players were. How it is now that you have a son and he's playing basketball and now you're watching from the sideline, I don't know if you're coaching him, but how it is to, I guess, <laughs> son. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So, so my daughter's a soccer player and a really good soccer player. She plays for Dawson. Okay. And I coached her until she was about 12 years old in soccer. I love soccer. I started, in my community here, the soccer is a big sport. So I coached her until she was 12 or 13. And then she started getting coaching from people who were soccer people, like had yeah. levels. And I coached my soccer too for my son for a while too. But I still, I still coach my son from the sideline. I train him. And that's why I was a bit late today. We were working out a little bit. It's hard. 
it's hard because my expectations are high and I, I you know I, you know Kenny maybe you didn't like school too much Kenny when you were young but you killed yourself on the basketball court for me yeah. and for your teammates you worked hard you know so every guy coach they loved the game and they gave everything they gave you know so and Kenny being one of them and I expect that from my kids. I expect that from my son. So if he's not working hard enough, I'll get after him and it's hard. It's hard because I'm his dad too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, every time he's not doing something, I'll say, well, you know, Kenny did it that way. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny dove on the ball, dove on the floor. He didn't care if he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, or this guy did it that way. And I think one of the best compliments we ever got. So when, when I was coaching at Champlain, our guys didn't play AAU ball in the summer. They played for Champlain all year round. Mm -hmm. And we would go on trips. We'd go to Kentucky, play in the Hoops Festival, go to the Harley Davidson in West Virginia. We'd go to tournaments in New Jersey. So we practiced all summer. We lifted, we practiced four or five times a week. No AAU ball. Things change now. It's okay. It's been working out. The guys at Brookwood and Park X, they do an unbelievable with the job with the guys. Nelson and Joy are two of my best friends. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have it back then. Back then, we just coached our guys. And Bob McKillop came into the gym, who coached at Davidson, and our guys were practicing and killing themselves, sweat and diving and life, killing themselves. And he said, the one thing I love when I come to watch you guys play is how you guys held, how these guys held themselves accountable. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to push them to go hard. Mm -hmm. If a guy wasn't working hard, a guy got into the guy's face. Yeah. The program coached themselves. Mm -hmm. And... And I think that was the big thing about Champlain and where we had it was that guys held themselves accountable. Guys held their teammates accountable. There was no, like, I, 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 I had to, like, you know, guys, you know, I would leave the gym. I would leave the gym, go take a recruit around the campus, take him to go eat something, and you know what? Be done, be, be done in two hours. And I'd come back, and guys were in the gym shooting still. Having lunch, their lunch spread out over the floor, their supper, eating sandwiches, eating things. It was just the culture was about getting better, working hard, taking care of school, supporting your teammate, respecting your teachers, you know, reaching your goals. You know, we wanted to win championships, but we didn't put winning championships as the most important thing. We tried, we, you know, and, and again, is every guy happy that I, you know, with the way I coached him, did everybody feel that they reached their potential? Probably not. You know what I mean? But, but, but we tried our best to make them all have the same goals mm -hmm. and, 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 and try to reach their dreams, you know? And it was hard, man. It was hard. It was hard. You know, it was hard because as a coach, as a coach, I got, I got questioned. Excuse me, sorry. As a coach, I got questioned at times why you, you, you didn't win enough with all the talent you had. People questioned me, and, you know, you questioned yourself at times. Am I doing the right thing? But at the end, we said, you know what? It's not about winning here at Champlain. It's about developing the student athlete, mm -hmm. student being first all the time, and turning these guys into men. And I would hope and I pray mm -hmm. that we were successful 
mostly when we're successful, most yeah, of the time, like a higher percentage. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Yeah. I remember when I was... What I really liked about Champlain was the brotherhood, like my first year, all the third year, Adam, Jan, Ibrahim, they all took me under the wing. So yeah. you, you yeah. were getting after me, but also Ibrahim, Jan were telling me like, if you don't do that, you're not going to play. Make sure you, you do your homework. They were calling me in the morning. Did you do that? Or I talked to your, your teacher stuff like that. So I think that's one, something I really remember. And I was really like awesome my first year when I, when I came yeah. out, all the older guys were, I guess, talking to me and took, took me under their wing, so it was really That's nice. so nice to hear, Kenny. I'm, yeah, I'm really, yeah. really happy to hear that, my man. Really happy, yeah, it makes yeah. me proud. Yeah. Um, um, I was saying that, I remember when I was at, because I played at Park X, and then I remember a lot of guys from Park X would go to Champlain. It was like a little trend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember, like, I think it was my, I think, because I played juvenile, I think, two years. One of the years, I remember me, Yusef, and Chris, you remember Chris Joseph? Oh yeah, yeah. So I remember you. I don't know if you remember this, but you came and you spoke to us after practice. I remember. And just talking to us, it was like whoa, you know. It was like oh man, he's talking to us. That means like that kind of makes us. It, it kind of motivated us even more to get get to the next level, you know. Even though I didn't go to Champlain, which was okay. I went to Vanier and and I still went on and did some incredible stuff. You but did amazing know, stuff. Yeah, Seth. yeah, yeah. But just to know, just to, that. I guess that impact that you have on our lives, you know, at that age, you know, that shows what kind of person and, you know, the coach you were, you know. Well, so. you, you know, Seth, I, I humbly, I thank you for saying that. I never tried to like, to be bigger or try to think that I was bigger. I only wanted to help. Mm -hmm. I'm a high energy guy. I always have been a high energy guy. You can just tell from this interview right now. <laughs> I, I've, I've always been a person of passion. Maybe, you know, I'm loud. I'm like, I, 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 when I speak, I, I'm, I'm really into it. I care about people, you know? Mm -hmm. But when I came to see you guys, part of the reason I came to see you guys was Nelson. Because I know he pushed you guys. Yeah. And I knew you guys could play. Yeah, you're, you're rolling your eyes. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know it. Yeah, my yeah. son plays for him. And my son loves, loves Nelson to death because he wants oh. to be pushed. And he loves yeah. the whole Park X coach. Yeah. And if you, if you go to my son, oh, it's okay that you lost. Don't worry about it. My son will lose his mind. It's like, no, I got to work harder. So going back to like, that was part of the reason I came because I knew Nelson pushed you guys. We recruited programs and we recruited guys like that. But I remember that. I remember Chris mm, yeah. and I remember, you know, I saw him, I saw him, the other day. I saw him the other day and he's doing well. And, yeah. you know, and if I helped you a little bit, Seth, yeah. even though you didn't play for me, uh-huh. It That's means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, no Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate those kind words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, yeah. honestly, it touches me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. I know that when we, were, when we were warming up, I was supposed to watch my guys, but I was peeking over your dunks. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that now. I was peeking over your dunks. Even <laughs> highlight reel. Did yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the last question for me. Can maybe you name me three guys that was giving you nightmare to prepare for? Like maybe guys from uh, Vanier or Dawson or like that. That was really hard. Like Ooh, you're putting me on the spot here. So you might have to edit a bit. Let me think. <laughs> Coached against a lot of guys. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit. Of, uh, uh, Charles. Charles. Sports game when he played a moment was a tough matchup. Okay. This is before you guys. Mm -hmm. Really big and physical guard who could post up, shoot threes, 
I had a motor and a half. Just never, never stopped playing. You know what I mean? He was a tough matchup. Then there was another kid from Momo. And then you could pick, I'll tell you a couple of guys and you can pick the ones you want. J.P. Moran, who played a Momo? J.P. Moran. He was 6'7", six, 6'6". Six, six. Just tremendous footwork in the post. Was just really a tough matchup. You know what I mean? Um, Damian Buckley was a tough matchup. Because he had that, like, you know, little hezzy and, you know, change of direction, really shifty, could get in the paint, had that little fadeaway shot that was good. Um, trying to think of some of the guys. Um, Coach Kinsley, like, uh, Prosper Karangla. Prosper, yeah. When he played at Dawson. Yeah. Big guard, like 6'7", just shoot over guys. He was a tough matchup. You know what I mean? This was when, when Olga had a run going, you know what I mean? Like she won like five provincial championships in a row. Um, there, was, there was a guy at St. Foix who was really good named Robinson. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Final. Big, strong dude who could score in the post and shoot threes. Yeah. You know what I mean? He lit us up in the provincial. Remember he scored like 30 points? I remember that. And they had Boris. Boris, like 6'9". Like you could watch a movie on his back. That's how big he was. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> Mountain of a man. He was a tough matchup. Um, trying to think of some of some Vanier guys. You know, Damien was a tough matchup. Um, you know, we pretty much had some good success against Vanier when I was uh, before I left. You know, what I mean, they beat us in the provincials one year um, when we had a young team and more. We only had Maurice and um, and um, and Max, who were second year players, we had a twelve was in his first year and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, Ville yeah. was good. Ville and Momo was good. Yeah. Ville was a really good player. Okay. Um, you know, uh, but I want to say something before I get off. I think that um, I, I heard Andy retired. Is that true, Seth? Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit for all the things he's done, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. He may be the most accomplished coach in all of Sage at basketball, mm-hmm. I mean, he's won provincial championships. He's yeah. won a national championship. Yeah. He's had division one players. Yeah. He had a guy get to the NBA. Yeah. And make a roster. So, you know, I think that, you know, he's done a really, really good job there. And I think he really cared about his guys. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm, uh, it was, it was, uh, he, he deserves to get a lot of respect. He may be the most accomplished coach to coach, uh, to ever coach in Sage. I mean, there were some good ones in the past, like Olga did a really good job. But how many people can say they had, you know, they coached oh, a man. guy get to the NBA, Division yeah. One players, provincial, you know, he's, he's done a really, really good job. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure he does. Yeah, yeah. And now he's retired. So, but I know for a fact, I think he's still going to be a part of the program, helping on the yeah. sidelines, but. I think yeah, he yeah. needs to stay part yeah. of the program because mm-hmm. you think of Andy, you, you think of Andy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think yeah. the young guy, he's got, what's his name again? Um, for Faraz. Faraz is going to yeah. do a really good job. But I think Andy's Andy, man. He's um, yeah, 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 yeah. He's done a Vanya. They they had like you talked about our team being really good that year with Pierre Marie and them, and it may have yeah. been the most it may have been the most talented team to not win a national That's championship. No. Yeah. But this Vanya's team this year was pretty good too. Well, pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That was yeah, that was yeah. a pretty good. That was, and and you know if we go back further back and we look at the teams that when Trevor and Wayne played at Dawson together. You're yeah. talking about two national team members. Yeah, that is yeah. On the same team. Those guys both uh 
play on the national team. And Dwight played on some good Dawson teams too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. before, you know, that's before your time, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Set you um, Game. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're just gonna play a little game before I guess we we, we Yeah, start. no problem, man. <laughs> okay, so my game is the only thing you're not gonna do is ask me to pick who my favorite players were at Champlain, because I'll never say that. No, uh... You guys were all my favorite players. <laughs> I can't do that, Kenny. Okay, I'm sorry. Top five, top five. <laughs> no, no, no top five. I love no? all my guys at Champlain equally. Okay. They all did amazing things and they were all this hey. It's the it's the slam family as I call them. We all bleed champagne blue. I'm wearing blue here right now. We bleed <laughs> champagne blue, and every guy on my team, I love him, and I would do anything I could in my power to help him. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I guess sorry, guys. <laughs> I had a feeling that okay. I had a feeling that was going to be one of the questions. <laughs> okay, one of the questions for I think for me is called start bench cut. I'm gonna give you three scenarios. You got to start one, bench one, and cut one. Okay. So the first one is having um, the chance to win nationals with that uh, that uh, team with with Maurice, all the D one players on that team, but you you didn't. So I guess that's one the team that that you coached. That's one year. The last one is your last year coaching at Champlain, because for sure that that for sure is like memorable and you'll see last year. And the third one is uh, I would say. Being being able to, you know, I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it the one an easy one. I give it a, yeah. an easy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to coach, uh, I guess, help with the, the McGill team. Which was the start one? The start one was uh, that year you coached at uh, with, with Maurice. My my favorite. Yeah. So you start. Of those three, but yeah. because I loved all my teams equally. Okay. But of those three. Yeah. Um. I would have to say, I mean, like, it would have to be that year we lost in the national championship okay. because as much as we lost, and I tell you, I didn't sleep for a month because I felt terrible for the kids. I felt terrible for the kids. It was, it was our first provincial championship at Champlain. Oh, okay. It was my seventh year and it was our first one. And we had to deal with some serious adversity to win that championship. I don't know if a lot of people know that Pierre-Marie didn't play in the semifinals of the, of the provincials against oh. Momo. How come? He was injured. Okay. He sprained his ankle. He didn't play in the semis. And then he played on one foot in the second half of the finals wow. against okay. Vanian. So it was, it was a tough provincials. And uh, we were ranked number one in the Nationals going in there. And we played the home team in a tremendous game. It was a terrible loss. But it still is, you know, our first provincials. Mm-hmm. Then um, I have to say that... You know, my second choice would be my last year. A lot of memories, a lot of emotional memories, big decisions I had to make. You know what I mean? It was not easy to give it up. Yeah. It really wasn't easy. And I still miss it. I miss it a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. And then my third one is McGill. Not because McGill yeah. wasn't good, but you're asking me to rank things. Yeah. I've had some unbelievable experiences. We won four provincial championships at yeah. McGill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we had an amazing run. And Dave and Muddy, who I coached with there, and Dan Martin, we, you know, we're, and Ruel were, are still some of my best friends. But of those three, because I have such an emotional attachment to Champlain, it was my first job, and, you know, and then leaving, I'd have to say those two, and then the third one was McGill. But I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. Mm-hmm. Uh, my career almost ended before it started, Kenny. You don't even know this. So we're playing. My first year, I got the job, and I had no clue how to be a head coach. 
we go down to St. Foix. And I'm like, way over my head. I have no idea what I'm doing. And we're losing by like 22 points in the first half. And I am panicking in the locker room at halftime. Oh my God, I'm going to get fired before I even got hired. Like I'm literally thinking all Damn. these things. And their, their best player, Samuel Odette at Sal at that time, got injured. And we came back and won that game oh. by like 10. But that's wow. next game. We're at, we're at, we're on the road. I think it was, a, I think we split with Sherbrooke that year. So we're at Sherbrooke on the road. We're down by like two or three points. And a guy on our team hits a jump shot from three point range falling out of bounds at the end of the game to win the game at the buzzer. And we win, we're two and oh. If I would have lost both those games. Yeah. Maybe I'm done, Kenny. Maybe I'm not coaching. We, we lose every game that year, and the AD says, you know what, John? You're not experienced enough. You know what? We can't keep you. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's how close I wow. was. A guy sprinting his ankle, and John McCurcher was the guy. Wow. Getting a shot falling out of bounds to win the game. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, things like – and then we started winning some games. We got some recruits, and it gave me a chance to help some kids and kids wow. to help me. They've helped me too. Yeah they're, yeah, they're a big part of my life. Yeah, yeah. They still but, call me. They yeah, still reach out to me. Sounds like yeah, niggas. Yeah, niggas, niggas mentioned that. Um, what I, what I find pretty entertaining and cool is that it took you seven years to win your first provincial championship, yeah. right? And a lot of people don't know that. They think yeah. probably when you started, you started winning right away. You know? No. So to hear that, I guess it's like, wow. Okay, so JD is human. You know? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said. I probably lost more games for us than won more games for us. Oh, man. Like, 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 it's hard to win. We didn't have a culture for winning. We never had a culture at Champlain. There was no culture. We didn't know how to win. Momo and Dawson, we would look at them and, like, how are we going to beat them? But once we won that first game, then we were in the finals, like, almost every year. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, almost won, we almost won in my fourth year. We, we had beaten them probably one of the – and, like, again, Kenny, like, this is a blast in the past. One of the biggest wins in the history of Champlain was not a provincial championship. It was my fourth year coaching at Champlain. Bernard Cote was in his second, was in his first year. We had a guy named Mohammed Hashadi play for us. A kid from Morocco who ended up going to Northwestern, like super freak athlete, passer, tough as nails. And we had Chad Caterson. We, we, had, we had a good team. We played Momo, who was, I think, number one in the country or number two in the country at that time. And they had a loaded team in the semifinals. They had Ricky Volsi, Marco Volsi, Neil Zembo. I, I can't, like, like, these guys all in my, right now would be Division One players. I mean, you, I don't even know if you guys know how good Ricky Volsi was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Ricky, All-American <laughs> Division II player. If he's playing now, he's like playing in the Power Six Conference. He's like, <laughs> forget about it. That's how good he was. Yeah. Leader, communicator. Wow, yeah. what a killer. We know, we know we're going to play. We know we're going to play them in the semis. So we're playing, a, we're playing a meaningless game in the last game. And I put in a 1-2-1-1 press. Because I said... 
Their, their backcourt's a bit shaky. Maybe we can press Momo. I look around the gym. There's nobody from Momo in the gym scouting us. So we pressed that team. We played the whole game to work on our press. And we used it against them. And we hung around till the end. And one of their kids missed a layup to win the game. And we won by one point or two points. That was the big – that was wow. – like, they were so good. Like, it was incredible. And he powers though, had a powerhouse back then. Yeah. They were winning every year. Yeah. And that was the big win for us. And then we ended up losing in the finals to Lennoxville, Champlain Lennoxville. That was Don Caldwell's, I think, only provincial championship. But that win kind of put mm. us on the map. map okay. And then we were, we were contenders every year. But, I mean, yeah. there were so many good players. Kenny yeah. and Seth, like, people, I mean, like, look at it. You asked me about Matt, Ricky Zabosi. We couldn't match up with him. He was a nightmare. Could post us up, could shoot outside, yeah. high energy. I mean, like, it was a nightmare trying to put a game plan together for that guy. <laughs> Man. You know, I mean, no, there was, yeah. like, you know how good, the diamond ballers. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they ever lost a game. Like, they won, like, 150 <laughs> games in a row. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. they, were, they were so good. Like, Max was, yeah. like, there were so many good players back yeah. then. And you know what? There's, there's a, there, it's just a lot of the good players are leaving. You know, Lugans, if you stayed in Sasia. Oh, you know, uh, the kid who's at Arizona right now, the kid who's at Colorado yeah. State, all these yeah. parkettes, all these parkettes, Brookwood kids. You know what I mean? The kid, you know, they, if they all stayed and played Sasia ball, how would the Sasia League be? Yeah. Probably better than it was back then. It was, yeah. But now they're leaving. Yeah. It is what it is. You know what yeah. you can do. Exactly. Times change. So my, my last question, since I guess we couldn't play my game. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you talk a little bit about uh, Steve White and Peter Yanopoulos? I'll yeah, you uh, yeah. That's the most important question. That's, they are my brothers, man. Steve, Steve White is such a special, special guy who gives everything for nothing and cares so much about the kids um, and such a family man and such a good friend and we would, not, we would have not done what we did and kids would not have been as successful. And Kenny, what you've done with your life and Ricardo and Mackenzie and Maurice and Eugene and, and Negus, if it wasn't for Steve White and everything he implemented in order to make sure kids went to class and graduated. He would stay at Champlain till 12, 1 o'clock at night, you know, to make sure guys finished their essays. Yeah, yeah. He would do it for them. He would stay there and make sure they did it. And he would, he, he would make a guy stay with that guy to make sure he finished his essay. Just a wonderful guy. And Peter, Peter and I talk every day still. Peter is such a special guy. He bleeds Champlain blue. And he's so special to me. And he, he, he pumps me up and makes me look too good. I'm not that good as Peter makes me look. He gives me way too much publicity on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not in the same level as some of the coaches he compares. But – he, he did so much for the program. And when we first took it over the first four or five years and helping me get players and, and just, you know, working so hard to, you know, to, you know, to keep, you know, to get us the kids we needed and just, you know, these guys never got paid. Mm. Oh, wow. They did. They worked so hard for the program and for these kids and, and, and everything was selfless, just helping, helping, helping just mm. wonderful human beings. And I couldn't be more proud for Steve that he retired right now. And I couldn't be more proud for Pete that he's an RDS now and he's doing so well. And 
He's got mm-hmm. a family now, and it's mm-hmm. amazing, amazing guys. That's, about, that's what it's about. I wouldn't yeah. like this. Champlain would not be where it is right now if it wasn't for guys like that and Ricardo and Akram Sleeman and, and Junior. And you know, if I'm missing anybody, I apologize. Max mm-hmm. Polis, who coached for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, took over for a head coach for a year. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay, okay. And uh, I think the last question for me is: I just want to ask a general, a really general question. Answer however you want it. How are you doing? One day at a time. Good. I'm sure you kind of know for asking that question. Mm-hmm. I've been through some, you know, some rough times right now. Um, but uh, it's been, you know, it's been seven years about um, from the first time I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm hanging in there. I got a great family who loves me and, you know, great support. And um, players who check up on me all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I thank God for every day that I have. And I try to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's it. What can we do? Yeah, sir. Yeah. We can't do more than that than other than thank God for what we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all going through a really hard time right now with this pandemic. Yeah. But we have to think that it could be worse, Kenny yeah. and Seth. It could be worse, guys. No, There's no. a lot of people out there who have nothing and are suffering. And we have to thank God, even though we've had some hard times. Mm-hmm. that um we have what we have yeah, yeah. and um guys i want to say that i don't think i deserve to be on this because i don't think i'm one of the guys who shaped basketball in quebec i really don't think so i think i just did what i could do with what little i knew you know what i mean i want to thank you guys for having me on mm-hmm. really do because i don't think i deserve it to be honest with you mm-hmm. um and if I can help in any way, even now, if anybody ever wants to call me and just shoot the shit, I miss my guys. And you said telling me how just that one conversation I had with you mm-hmm. pumped you up and maybe helped you a little bit, like mm-hmm. a quarter of a percent. It means a lot to me, Seth. Mm-hmm. It really Definitely. does. Definitely. Yeah. Just trust me, a lot of people is going to watch this interview and is going to learn about you. Uh, yeah. You know, Quebec culture, coaching, everything. So. So I, I hope I talk. I, I know you're trying to be, I guess, humble. humble. And so much. No, it's can <laughs> I talk too much? <laughs> I talk too much. That's my biggest problem. Nah, nah, nah. You definitely, I, yeah. Sorry. I can stay on this for three hours if you guys and tell you some stories. But <laughs> that's another time. <laughs> oh, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll for sure once once we we'll have a, once 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 COVID dies, it gets down yeah. and you know we get I like a studio. To see you guys. I'm very we'll proud sure. of for how sure. well you guys are doing, man. I yeah, really, yeah. really am proud how for you sure. guys have. You know, become great leaders and great men, and how you're helping society. I'm very proud. Yeah, of yeah, definitely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like uh, like Kenny said, we appreciate your time on here. People are gonna watch this and learn a lot. We definitely did. I definitely did. And uh, just you know, just hearing the stories and the players and the things that you went through, you know, the challenges and the success and all around it, it really goes a long way for a lot of players. Gonna be like, oh man, JD, okay, JD, even JD is not is human. Even J, even JD. Uh, <laughs> You know, like messed up at some point. Oh my God! Okay, okay. And he's like, Sorry. messed up a lot. <laughs> so for I real, messed so, up a lot. <laughs> so we thank you for coming on here and take care of yourself. And like I said, once we get a studio, we for sure want to have you in. You know, because my, a lot my more pleasure. It, it was my honor to be with you guys, and thank you so much. And God bless you guys and your families. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay. And for everyone watching, please don't forget to subscribe. Once again, I'm Seth Moa, aka Essay, with Kenny Jean Louis, aka KJL. Stay tuned for our next episode.